welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Monday of the fourth week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, perfect light of the blessed, by whose gift we celebrate the Paschal Mysteries on earth, Bring us, we pray, to rejoice in the full measure of your grace for ages unending. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Acts. The apostles and the brothers in Judea heard that the pagans too had accepted the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, the Jews criticized him and said, So you have been visiting the uncircumcised and eating with them, have you? Peter, in reply, gave them the details, point by point. One day, when I was in the town of Jaffa, he began, I fell into a trance as I was praying, and had a vision of something like a big sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners. This sheet reached the ground quite close to me, I watched it intently and saw all sorts of animals and wild beasts, everything possible that could walk, crawl or fly. Then I heard a voice that said to me, Now, Peter, kill and eat. But I answered, Certainly not, Lord, nothing profane or unclean has ever crossed my lips. And a second time the voice spoke from heaven, What God has made clean, you have no right to call profane. This was repeated three times before the whole of it was drawn up to heaven again. Just at that moment, three men stopped outside the house where we were staying. They had been sent from Caesarea to fetch me, and the Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going back with them. The six brothers here came with me as well, and we entered the man's house. He told us he had seen an angel standing in his house who said, Send to Jaffa and fetch Simon, known as Peter. He has a message for you that will save you and your entire household. I had scarcely begun to speak when the Holy Spirit came down on them in the same way as it came on us at the beginning, and I remembered that the Lord had said, John, baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
I realized then that God was giving them the identical thing he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And who was I to stand in God's way? This account satisfied them, and they gave glory to God. God, they said, can evidently grant even the pagans the repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm My soul is thirsting for the living God. My soul is thirsting for the living God. Like the deer that yearns for running streams, so my soul is yearning for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for the living God. My soul is thirsting for God, the God of my life. When can I enter and see the face of God? My soul is thirsting for the living God. O send forth your light and your truth. Let these be my guide. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. My soul is thirsting for the living God. And I will come to the altar of God, the God of my joy. My Redeemer, I will thank you on the harp, O God, my God. My My soul soul is thirsting for the the living God. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep, and my own know me. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd is the one who lays down his life for his sheep. The hired man, since he is not the shepherd and the sheep do not belong to him, abandons the sheep and runs away as soon as he sees a wolf coming. And then the wolf attacks and scatters the sheep. This is because he is only a hired man and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. And there are other sheep I have that are not of this fold, and these I have to lead as well. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be only one flock and one shepherd. The Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will. And as it is in my power to lay it down, so it is in my power to take it up again. And this is the command I have been given by my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So after Good Shepherd Sunday yesterday, we're going to spend the next couple of days talking a little bit more about sheep stuff. We continue on with the 10th chapter of John's Gospel, and here Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd is the one who lays down his life for his sheep. The contrast that Jesus makes here is between the shepherd and the hired man. The difference between the one who is an employee and the one who is the true shepherd is the fact of owning the sheep. 
The hired man, says Jesus, since he's not the shepherd and the sheep do not belong to him, abandons the sheep and runs away as soon as he sees a wolf coming. You see, for the hired man, the sheep are the way that he earns his livelihood. The sheep are the way that he sustains his life. And so for the hired man, the highest good for him is his own life. You lose a sheep or two, no skin off his nose, he gets dinner either way. And so when the wolf comes, when the hired hand is asked to put his own life at risk in order to spare the lives of the flock, the calculation's pretty clear. These sheep are here precisely so that I might have life. It would be utter nonsense for the hired hand to put himself at risk for the sake of the sheep that don't belong to him. It's this reality of belonging that makes all the difference between the hired hand and the shepherd. Now, I'll be honest with you. I think it's here that the parable of Jesus proclaiming himself to be the good shepherd starts to groan a little bit under its own weight. Because why would a shepherd lay down his life for his sheep? After all, isn't a shepherd farming sheep precisely so that it would support his livelihood? But I think our Lord Jesus points to a deeper reality. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. Jesus now goes beyond the relationship between a shepherd and mere sheep. Because even though there's familiarity between a shepherd and his sheep, and even though there's genuine care and affection, at the end of the day, the sheep is still going to be shorn. At the end of the day, the sheep is still going to serve as meat. But here Jesus, using the image of the shepherd, now goes beyond the image of the shepherd. I know my sheep, and my own know me. We're now talking about a personal relationship. This belonging now between Jesus and his own is not a case of possession as it would be between a sheep and a shepherd. It's a case of belonging. As a husband and wife belong to one another as a family, belongs together. Now Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and my own belong to me. So if Jesus is this kind of shepherd with this kind of sheep, we can see that his love goes beyond the simple picture of a shepherd and his sheep. Now it makes perfect sense why such a shepherd would lay down his life. It's as much to say... I am the husband of my wife, and I lay down my life for her. I am the father of my children, and I lay down my life for them. Of course it makes perfect sense. Of course that's what you do. And it's in this kind of belonging that we live as the ones who belong to Jesus. How spiritually dangerous it is for us then to treat Jesus as if he were the hired hand, and not the good shepherd. We need to leave behind the idea that we need to earn Jesus' attention, that we need to win his love, that we need to deserve his care. 
He loves us because we belong to him. He lays down his life for us, not because we deserve it, but because the wolf is near and we are his. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.